and we welcome you to another very special edition of This Is Wrestling. It is Lieber Sage alongside one and only ZFG Zach Friggin McGibbon. ZFG, what is going on today? We are talking about the, it's like having the opposite day of Zach McGibbon. The most underrated wrestlers of all time. Zach, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Lee. Yeah, I'm excited for this topic. You know, we kind of get the accusation sometimes of being a little bit too negative, being a little too down on some of the wrestling product uh, when it comes to both WWE and AEW. And I figured, you know, let's let's change it up. Let's uh, let's talk about some of the underrated wrestlers, guys that don't get their flowers sometimes uh, when talking about in the greater wrestling sphere. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation and uh, here's some of your favorite underrated wrestlers, uh, some of mine, of course, and uh, and debate it all uh, together into this uh, top five. Who calls me negative? Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> they don't call you negative. You know, who's calling me negative right now? I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying a general thing. You know what I mean? Oh, like a general. Okay. All right. As I try fair to enough. set up this episode, you know? Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. And you know what? I call it being realistic. But yep. when we're being realistic, we can also be realistic on some of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. And I think this is a really interesting topic because it can involve a lot of things. Like what, like all wrestling, when I describe wrestling to people and people say, why do you like it? The first thing I ever do when they say like, you know, they know who's going to win, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing I ever do is say, cool. Like I I didn't know who's going to win, but apparently you do. And that's awesome. Um, What's your favorite movie? And then inevitably like Shawshank Redemption or... Like Goodwill Hunting, I don't know, some of the other movies that people throw. Shawshank is such a big one. Yeah. He breaks out of jail. He's <laughs> free. Every time the movie ends the same way. And the first time you watched it, they knew what the ending was and you didn't. <laughs> and that's why you watch it. Yep. Because it's entertaining. I love Shawshank Redemption. I'm not crapping on that. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, too. Great So I'm bringing it up. Yeah. But it ends the same way. They knew when they shot it, there's the ending. Okay? Then you went to the theater, you went at home, you watch it over and over, and it still ends the same way. (laughs) At least wrestling doesn't end the same way. Some good, some bad. But um, what I why I'm talking about this is because I think there are a lot of ways to get to be underrated. Is it that you were like underutilized by the company and you were a star? They just never pushed you as a star. Was it the fact that you had like ultimate charisma and they, you just weren't, as good in the ring as some people. And so people never gave you a chance. Like what is it that makes you so underrated? Like that's what we're getting at because being, and why I was talking about that before is being a professional wrestler. I do say to people when we get in a serious conversation, I don't yell at them about Shawshank. Uh, the things that go into making up being a great professional wrestler 
are a lot, right? Like you have to be good in the ring. You have to have microphone skills. You have to have the it factor to make people want to love you or hate you or cheer or boo. And you kind of have to have the it factor to be great. And if you have one or two of those things, but you don't have the third and the fourth, you might be good, but you're not going to be great. And that it's really interesting to see how people try and go about it, right? And you don't always get, that's the other thing that I explained to people. It's like, do you think that Duke the Dumpster Drosy wanted to be a garbage man? Probably not, no. do, Do you think that, like Matt Irwin wanted to be a goon hockey player. Do you think, do you think that was his idea? Probably not either. (laughs) Right. Like, do you think that was his idea? I've always wanted to do this. This is how I'm going to get to the top. Actually, no, it isn't. You're going to be a garbage man. (laughs) You're going to be a clown. You are going to be a goon hockey player. And then you still have to make the best of it. You still have to overcome some of that and make people do all the things that I was talking about before. So what does, before we get into specific names, what does being underrated mean to you? I think to me, being underrated is somebody that had all the tools, uh, but was somebody that was kind of left aside for somebody else where that person may not have had Let's say, for example, in WCW, you had Bill Goldberg, right, who reached the very top. While he wasn't the best in-ring performer, he had the charisma and the look to take him over the top of the booking uh, that really comes together for him to be that next level guy. Um, you know, a Hulk Hogan is somebody that, uh, again, not the greatest wrestler in the ring, but he won't, he won't be making my list. No, just he's not spo- going to make it into my list either. Just to spoil it. Just yeah. to spoil it. Just, just so everyone's prepared. Neither is Bill Goldberg either, but um. <laughs> Yeah, guys that are like, you know, you look at some of the top stars in history and some of them are definitely good wrestlers. Like I would look at a Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, The Rock. uh, I'll even throw it to John Cena as as like good professional wrestlers that also, you know, were high level Mike Mike guys or uh, had the charisma, had the look. And some of these guys are people that, you know, they were very good pro wrestlers. A lot of them on, on the lists that I've put together. Um, but they just didn't have everything else to take them to that next level. Um, some of them are just kind of this, the the circumstances of the time where they did have everything, but because the WWF was looking at certain performers in a certain light, you had to be these big bodybuilder types over six foot five and whatnot. They just wouldn't meet the criteria to get over. Um, so like what you said, there's a bunch of different factors in here. I think the majority of my list are guys that, majority wise are guys that I think are were good all around performers. Some of them, if they had the right pushes, the right booking behind them could have been even better. Um, but just for whatever reason, whether it be, you know, his, their push or, uh, how they were presented on TV or even just stuff outside the ring, uh, just could never be able to put it all together to be that next level performer, uh, that you would hope that they would be, but guys that you could still appreciate when you go back and you watch their work and go, wow, this guy was a very good professional wrestler or wow, this guy certainly had something, uh, and you could still appreciate their work for that time. And I think too, when we discuss people being underrated, sometimes we think of the people who like never made it at all and are like that, that person should have been way, way bigger. 
And then I think there's another level, which will be an interesting discussion of people that enjoyed some success, that, but they never got the success of like how good that they were. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like there are people that I think might make this list that have held titles that have, you know, been in position where you're like, well, that's pretty much the top. But then you go like, no, but that person should have been at the top for 10 years. Yeah. And that person was at the top for five minutes. And that sort of thing where, yes, they've had some success, but maybe they should have been like a a top 10 or 20 all-time great. And they're maybe number 50 all-time great. Like, do you know what I mean? So. I think it's an interesting discussion of people who never even got close and probably deserved a better fate. And then the people who did make it somewhat that should have been all timers that never really got to the all time list. So with that said, we're going to do this like we did with some other episodes and we're going to sort of discuss this live. We're not just going to say, Oh, and this is number five, right? Like I'll throw out a name. You'll throw out a name. We'll discuss it. I'll say, no, I'll move on to my list when it comes to you. And then we'll list, we'll go for, no, that's not how it works, <laughs> but we'll have, you know, some interesting discussion and we'll decide whether I think at the end, whether that person makes our top five all time, most underrated wrestler. So I'm eager to hear. I would start back with people that are on the cusp, whether you think that they not necessarily number one or two on your list. I don't know if you have like a one through five or just a, you know, five or 10 people that are on your list, but Mm. people that will be on the cusp that we can have some discussion about. Uh, For me, I have two or three, like I probably have two. You're probably not going to be able to change my mind, but we'll see. Okay. Like we'll, we'll see if if that's possible. I mean, it's, it's like the new England Patriots in football. They're out there. They have a chance. (laughs) Yeah. They're not going to win. Right. But they they have a chance. They can feel the team. Yeah. Right. Like Florida state. Okay. We'll we'll date this one back to, you know, Weeks ago when Florida State got left off the list. Yeah. They were perfect, but you know what? They just weren't good enough. <laughs> According so, to the committee, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I, I, I hey. think they were good enough personally, but, uh, you know, I, I understand the quarterback was you, hurt, but. See, you would. Okay. But I'll, I'll tell you that I don't know how many days it's been since that game, but I'm telling you, I watched the Florida State Louisville game. Mm-hmm. If, if you think that's a top four best team in the country, I will come and take every dime you ever have <laughs> on like, I'm so happy. Now they're going to 12 and we won't get a, this isn't a college football show, no. but, but they're going to 12. We won't have these discussions because honestly, if we're discussing between 12 and 13, I don't give a crap. You should have yeah. won more because yeah, you'll have lost at least, you'll have lost at least two games. Yes. So then you should have won, them. but Florida state's awful. Like I, I could barely watch that team when they beat Louisville. And I am so happy they did not get put in the top four because they don't deserve it. Wow. 
A, a team that went undefeated and beat oh, all their and won sure. their conference is, it doesn't sure. deserve like, it. They they had fifty five yards passing against vaunted Louisville. Oh like, boy, fifty five yards, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to beat like Alabama or Michigan. They're going to get destroyed. Well, we don't know like, that unless you put yeah, them in the do. playoff. No, no, we do. We do. <laughs> we do. Okay. Oh, it's no. like watching. It doesn't matter if Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi or whoever the hell is that quarterback. We know they're going to lose and score no points. <laughs> we know they're going to screw me out of my survivor pool weeks ago against the Giants. We know <laughs> that they're going to come off of that and screw me again, getting zero points against the Chargers at home. Yeah. Like we know, Zach. <laughs> I can tell you, we know. Yeah. So, throw out your first name of somebody that's on the cusp. Uh, I'll I'll throw out, uh, a couple of honorable mentions that won't be in the top five, but okay. I just kind of want to throw their names in there. But I'll do that after. Okay. I want a name that you want in the group, or you think this person could maybe be in the group, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see how far I can get you to get off of your list here, unless I really agree. Okay, which is, sounds which good. Is doubtful. I don't agree with much you, you say. I I think this name uh, could be potentially on your list here. Uh, I I was thinking it through. I've been writing down the names, and uh, I I've seen this name a lot when I was doing my research. And I want to throw in Rick Martel, uh, the model Rick Martel. Uh, as an underrated wrestler and an underrated guy. I mean, yeah, as you mentioned with with uh, some of the wrestlers we'll talk about, they he had some success in the WWF um, and obviously success in the AWA as their world champion. Um, but he's always a guy that when you think of the top level workers of that era, like he gets talked about, but he's not in the same uh, vein as like a Kurt Hennig Um or, or Randy Savage. Uh, like he was a guy that I thought was a very, very good wrestler. Um, doesn't get the love I think he deserves. Um, and so I'm going to throw Rick, the model Martel in there as a guy that was a uh, underrated wrestler. He, he's, he's somebody that I enjoy going back and watching and, you know, for, to appease my, uh, you know, my Japanese wrestling fandom. He also had a couple of great all Japan matches with Jumbo Saruta that uh, people need to go mm-hmm. back and watch. So, Oh, okay. Interesting one. I've, I also saw his name a lot. And as a guy who remembers watching, not live, but like when it happened, give mm-hmm. or take, him in the AWA being in the Boston Crab against Stan Hansen and defending his AWA world title. And Stan Hansen doing an unbelievable job of positioning Martel where every time he went to kind of kick out of it, I, I wish this finish happened more. But if you remember, Stan Hansen positioned himself so that every time Martel like had the leg strength to sort of push Hansen away, he would put his head right at the turnbuckle and be able to kind of stay up, stay up, stay up, and then, uh, and and then ended up winning the world title. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened to the world title after that? And the decision <laughs> to put the belt on Stan Hansen, I would probably I'll try to don't, avoid. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't don't think that was a, necessarily a great idea. No, nope. but in the match itself, I remember that, and then I remember going, okay, every time I watch this guy. I'm kind of interested in what he's doing. Here's my issue. 
Was he underrated in the WWE, WWF? For sure he was. Mm -hmm. They couldn't necessarily find the answer for Rick Martel, right? Like he was in strike force. Yep. And good team, better theme song. (laughs) Uh, But he never really fit that gimmick. It was just a decent team because they were pretty good in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did he team? Did he team with Tom Zink? I, be- um, I believe he did team with uh, Tom Zink, yes. Um, he also had like a, a really fun little run in WCW in the late 90s. Uh, he had like a bit of a mini comeback. Then he got injured. Um, but he was kind of in the midst of that WCW TV title around 97, 98, I want to say. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that was a, that was a fun little run as well. So, uh, I think he's a guy that's a model of consistency in, in terms of his in-ring performances. And I, I'm sure, uh, you know, a previous guest we've had on, uh, on this show, Pat LaPrade would also mention his accomplishments mm-hmm. in, in Quebec, uh, specifically in Montreal. Um, so He's he's kind of a guy that you like you you know that he's a good performer but I don't think people realize just how good of a performer he was and and how much he was able to accomplish and so that's why I wanted to throw his name in there as yep. a sort of a lead off just to kind of get some discussion on him and let people realize just how good of a performer he was in my in my eyes anyway um and how much he was able to accomplish in his career. Okay, so I think we're it's a really, really good one to throw mm-hmm. out there early because it, it's worthy of a lot of discussion. Here's my issue with Rick Martel. Sure. What do people know Rick Martel as? They predominantly know as the model, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. Rick the model Martel. I never bought the gimmick. Mm-hmm. I, I never cared about Rick Martel as the model whatsoever. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a... Uh, a guy trying to make it in the WWF at the time and doing something that was completely out of his character. Um, I wish, I wish he had stayed more in the, cause you mentioned the stuff in all Japan, the work he did in the eighties, um, I, I thought was tremendous. He was a tremendous worker. Mm-hmm. But how many different things did he try and do after his AWA run where he was just a really good wrestler? Yeah. He tried to do the model. He tried to do strike force. He tried to team with Zinc. He went to the, as you said, in WCW, but he, he never, I just don't know that he had an it factor that made me want to watch him after he left the AWA. And that ended up being, when did he lose the title to Hanson? Like, I think that was 85. 85. Yeah. So you're talking about, talking about, you know, 10 to 12 to 15 years of Rick Martel that I was like, eh, I guess mm-hmm. like, I know he's good. I saw him. I mean, he's been in all these really, really, really good matches. And I, I, I get it. Like you're in the company, the company's asking you to do different things. You're French Canadian. You don't speak 
English the way other people do. But even in his promos, I, I could probably find one or two that I would be like, okay, he's really, really into it, and I believe him. Mm-hmm. There was too many times for Rick Martel for me that I just didn't believe what he was doing. Like, it, mm-hmm. whether he was the model, whether he was in WCW, whether he was Strike Force, it just never... The it factor for me was always missing. And I think for me on this list, I want people that had the it factor. They have all of the elements. And for some reason, they never got to the level. I can tell you why Rick Martel didn't get to the level. Because he didn't have that charismatic part of him. And God knows he tried. But... And and maybe tried to do some things that he didn't love, but he tried and he didn't get there. And it would be the same reason. And I put this with all respect to Rick. I think he was a fantastic worker, but I don't think we're going to bring up the name of say Dean Malenko. Like I don't have him as a under like top five, most underrated wrestlers in the world. Yeah. And do you know why I don't? Because he didn't because have the charisma. Yeah, he he just didn't have it. Yeah, and I love Dean Malenko. I was a Dean Malenko mark when he was in ECW. Mm-hmm. Like when he came out, I was like, okay, I don't care. He wrestled Benoit and Jericho and Scorpio and all of these guys. I was a mark for the guy. I loved him, mm-hmm. but I could also recognize that I'm not sure he was underrated. He was just a really good wrestler that did not have charisma or the it factor. And that's, he was never going to get to that, that top, top level. Yeah. Um, because of it. So I, I would put Martel in the same vote. I, I, I probably would leave him out um, okay. because I, I missed that it factor. I wish he had have stayed a little bit more true to when we watched Rick Martel in the eighties and he was doing all Japan and he was the AWA world champion, he would get out there and he would work, but he had this, like this fire in him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it was the fire that caught me after that. There's no fire in the model. There might've been a little fire in strike force, but it's shared mm-hmm. and they never really got like, he never became like, I want to see that guy, even though they're not using him properly mm-hmm. after he left. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say no until, until you say no to every one of mine. <laughs> okay. And then, and then we'll revisit. But I, sure. but I think it's that type of discussion is what this show is all about mm-hmm. because it's a really good example of somebody that, I think could have been there if some other things went, but I also think for me, part of it was him, his inability or like I've done the hard work and now I'm just going to make money because there are no matches that I would go back. Like I'm talking zero. If you could point them to me that when he was the model, I would be like, you have to see this match. Gotcha. I was just going to say, as as Rick Martell itself, I, I was going to think of a couple of matches, but if you mean the model gimmick itself, then I can understand that. I think he had a match with Sean that was pretty good, but nothing where it's like, 
you know, if you were going back and watching that show and it ended up being on the show, it'd be a good match. You know what I mean? Uh, as opposed to this is a match. You got to put everything down. You got to go back and watch it because this was a, a, a tremendous match sort of deal. Um, so I think those are fair arguments uh, when, when it comes to Rick Martel. Um, I'm a little higher on the on the model gimmick than you are, I think. But I also agree that it was also limiting to him at the same time where you saw him as this. As you mentioned, he had this fire. He had this baby face fire uh, to him. And I think him as the model kind of limited that. Um, and as you mentioned, he, he really didn't hit the, the, the peak afterwards. And, and really when he was AWA champ, that was also at a point when the AWA was also starting its decline as a top company in professional wrestling. And they just had the ESPN deal around that time, I believe. And so, uh, yeah, I, I see your points. I'll, I, I like him. I, I like going back and watching his stuff. And, uh, I think he was, a as you mentioned, tremendous worker, um, and there are stuff involving the model that I think is 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 good, especially anything involving the per, the arrogance perfume uh, always gets a kick out of me. Um, so he kind of hovers around for me, but I figured he'd be a good starting point just to kind of discuss and, and analyze his career and and see where he lands on our list. Yeah. OK, I guess the, the biggest argument I would have against him is sort of after 85 be 86 but like how many matches would you go you need to go back and watch this like this was amazing mm. i just don't i don't have any on that list so i'm gonna throw one out and see what you think okay um as a guy who saw him in multiple uh forms and and a guy that i know he he somewhat made it big because of a couple of positions that he was put in, but they, those positions really weren't about him. Um, I saw the guy live, and I think looking at his entire career and then trying to understand why he wasn't even more, I feel like Bam Bam Bigelow is a guy for me that when I watched him, I always was like, wow, that guy is better than I thought. And then I saw him a bunch of live in ECW. And when you saw him live, you're like, that's one of the most agile big men I've ever seen. And I think I went and sort of looked some stuff up about him and hearing performers like Shane Douglas say that I was in the ring with the guy for 20 minutes and you know at the 20 minute mark I was puffing and puffing and dragging my ass and here's a 330 pound guy that looked like he hadn't even broken a sweat and was looking at me like we got another 20 minutes let's go mm -hmm. um very agile. I think he could have lost at some point the sort of the bam bam fire heights and gimmick, but I feel like that wasn't necessarily on him. Uh, he became an ECW heavyweight champion. The guy, again, uh, headlined a WrestleMania, 
which is pretty incredible to think that Bam Bam Bigelow did that. I, like if you asked a normal person and people that headline WrestleMania, Bam Bam Bigelow is not the name that would ever come to your mind. No. But he did. Now he did because Lawrence Taylor was there and that's what they decided to do, which is not the right decision. But right. I think when you have a guy that you trust enough to put in the ring with a Lawrence Taylor and you know how bad he's going to be. And you think that you can pull this off. That's a lot of trust. And I think he was pushed better to me in ECW, but his Japan work was also fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, had some great matches. And I think when you're able to go for me, for a big guy, to go back and go, you you kind of need to see this match and you need to see this style. And, you know, he was in Japan. He was in all of the companies here in North America. And I feel like he just didn't. I feel like he'd be perfect now. Perfect. Because in the era of the big guys, unfortunately, when he was in the WWF at the time, the land of the big guys means you can't wrestle. Um, but he could, Yep. but he was never going to get another match against somebody that really could go. So then he went other places and I think he became a big star in Japan. So what do you think of Bam Bam Bigelow being on this list? He's on my list. Uh, I, uh, wow, yeah, really? I, oh yeah. I'm a big fan of Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, like you mentioned, he, he had, uh, you mentioned with the Japan run tagging with Vader as well um, in New Japan, uh, the main event with Lawrence Taylor. The reason why they picked him was because he was one of those guys that you can rely on first as a guy who's this big, big dude and an era of big, big boy wrestling um, to be uh, reliable against Lawrence Taylor and have somewhat of a decent match against a guy who could was barely trained in it. Um, and so I think that means a lot for Bam Bam's case in terms of being a good worker and you were able to see him in his ECW run. I would argue that's probably his best run of his career uh, mm -hmm. where he, his potential was fully realized. And I think that goes back to, I believe Paul Heyman uh, when he was a photographer at MSG, uh, he promoted a studio 54 show with the debut of a rookie Bam Bam Bicolo. Um, and that's where that partnership goes back to. And Paul Heyman recognized the abilities of Bam Bam and, and what he was able to do in the ring and also the charisma that he had. Um, I agree. I think he's a guy that, you know, we always talk about Vader being the best big man of all time. And I think that's rightfully so. But Bam Bam Bigelow mm -hmm. deserves to be in that conversation as well as one of the great big men of the industry um, and a guy who you look at it where he just kind of fit that era. He fit. He was a good wrestler. Um, and just, he accomplished obviously the WrestleMania main event, uh, and, and accomplished overseas, but you would have thought he would have been able to accomplish even more with, uh, what he was able to produce in the ring. So he is absolutely somebody on my list, uh, that I would put in my top five. Remind me, was Vader a world champion in WWF? He was not in WWF. No. Okay. He challenged for the belts against Sean, but he never won it. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. I just, but yeah, you're right. Like Vader was a little bit more 
kind of charismatic and feared over in Japan. Uh, he was a dominant WCW world heavyweight champion. Um, Bam Bam never got to that level. And I think he should have. Yeah. Wow. We're going to agree on one. I know. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, when you said Bam Bam, I was like, Oh, he's, he's on my list. I'm glad we, uh, <laughs> I'm glad we wow. can agree on Bam Bam. Uh, cause yeah, he's, he's a tremendous performer to go back and watch. Like if you're a big man in wrestling today, like he's somebody that I would say, if you want to go back and learn how to work as a big man, uh, obviously Bam Bam had his own unique traits in terms of his athleticism, but I would still tell people if you're, you're a big guy and you want to get into wrestling to watch the Bam Bam Bigelow matches. Cause, uh, to me, that's how you wrestle as a big man in, in, in wrestling. So uh yeah he's in my top five i don't know where you want to put him in the top five i'm i'm comfortable with having him in the top three to be quite honest um so uh that's where i'm kind of okay. bam bam well well we'll get to sort of placing them okay. after but okay we've agreed that someone like bam bam was is in the top five okay what else you got i put in brian pillman as a name uh that's underrated he was a guy that he was he was continuously held down in WCW when Watts came in um, and I don't think was given a fair shake in WCW as well uh, when he had the he had the tag team with Steve Austin uh, and then they did that main event match against Flair and Anderson and they got the blame for a bad TV rating. And then later word uh, later uh, Pillman not getting much uh, screen time when it came to uh, when Watts came in and uh just Watts didn't understand him and and Pillman said, well, uh, if you're, if you're not going to push me, I'm going to be the highest paid jobber of all time. Um, and then obviously he moved on to the WWF, uh, and you could really see his character coming through. Brian Pillman is somebody I think could have been a really big star in with given some more years. Um, the one drawback to him is the car accident in 97, uh, that really held him back when it came mm-hmm. to uh, his in-ring ability, because it, it clearly took a lot out of him. But in his prime, I thought he was a great athlete, a clear star. I thought they dropped the ball with the Hollywood Blondes. Uh, and he was one of the most talked about names in wrestling when he did that uh, work shoot angle with Kevin Sullivan that turned into a shoot once he actually left WCW and was able to work Bischoff into giving him his actual release papers and get himself a better contract. Um, so I... I I have Pillman on my list. I have him in the bottom tier around the four or five mark. Cause I really do think he was a combination of a great in-ring performer. I thought he had the look um, maybe a little undersized for that era, but I think that also kind of goes to show what he was able to overcome uh, when he became, when he became one of the most talked about names for a time in around 96. Um, so I got Pillman on my list. This one's really hard for me. Um, I am probably one of the biggest Brian Pillman fans that like when Brian Pillman was part of, I think you've seen the shirt and Brian Pillman was part of the four horsemen. I have a Brian Pillman, um, sort of loose cannon guy in the four horsemen shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually started to like him when I would get up. There was a show. It was like the best show ever to me as a wrestling fan, but as a, like a little kid. So TSN used to run 
the show that Ed Whalen hosted called Pro Wrestling Plus. Mm-hmm. And for, for those who don't know, in the 80s, there was a show. It was basically like Sports Center, but for wrestling. Now, Ed couldn't do, because of copyright, they couldn't do anything from the WWF at the time. But they could do a lot of other things. And I, I can't remember whether they showed a lot of NWA or not, but with the territory business and them doing, like, let's go to Portland and find out what's going on there. Let's, let's go to Smoky Mountain and, and find out what's going on there. Let's go to... We're at Calgary, obviously, with Stampede Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And you got to see, it was the only chance that you ever got to see anything from some of the, the they always used to go to, to world-class championship wrestling and the Von Erics. And um, it was just so eye-opening. And that sort of put me on, and then TSN started showing Stampede Wrestling. and. I used to watch Stampede Wrestling along. I used to get up sometimes Saturday. I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday morning. It was a weekend. 6 o'clock a.m. AWA was on. And I used to get up to watch it uh, on the weekend. My mom thought I was crazy. Uh, she was probably right. <laughs> the, but I, I love Brian Pillman and Stampede Wrestling. He went on. I love the Hollywood Blondes. Like, I... I almost, I'm a bit, when we talk about Steve Austin, I was one of the biggest Steve Austin fans on the planet in the like 1990, 91 to 95, 96. Like before he got to the WWE, when he was in like, I didn't see him a lot world-class, but then when he made the jump and he was in WCW and was television champion and all that stuff, I was a huge Steve Austin fan. My One of my favorite tag teams of all time was Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, the Hollywood Blondes. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you kind of heard rumblings that they they didn't like them and they didn't think they were getting over and they put them in that spot and blamed them. It was just so unfair. Like you could see even back then the politics that were going on. They go, these two people, everyone wants to watch every single time that they're on. And you want to blame them for for not. So everything that you said about Brian Pillman, the only thing that hurts the conversation as you said, it's not only the car accident, but the death at 35 years old. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to be on the cusp of maybe actually getting there with the WWE. And sometimes you don't get there. Like 35 is not that old. No. And was he underrated in his career? Yes. Was he on the cusp of hitting something really big? in the WWE and like, who knows, right? Like the next 10 or 15 years of his life, I feel like could have been 
how old was Jericho when he went to the WWE? Like in in ninety nine, that's when he went there in two thousand and Y two J and all that stuff. Uh, Chris Jericho would have been, I'm guessing, around that age. Yeah, I think he was he was pretty young. I think he was twenty nine or thirty. I want to say like just into his thirties when he joined the WWF okay. around that time. So maybe Pillman like a pitch older, but Tim yeah. Pillman was also part of the WWE for a while. Yep. And starting to get in some of the major storylines. I mean, the the one with the gun and Austin was ridiculous and right. stupid. But <laughs> yes. um but he was also part of, you know, some of the bigger cliques. He was part of the main group. And I feel like on the way, so he gets in the accident. And then it does take away a lot of what he possibly could do. I wonder if he doesn't get into the accident and obviously some of the things that happened afterwards and, and passing away. I wonder if he actually does get there because he was so good. Mm-hmm. Does that make him underrated? Like if he didn't get there, but time and injury kind of caused him. I, I think there's a possibility he could have got that. Mm-hmm. So is it difficult to put him on an underrated list because of that? I, I think don't, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I I look at it more from I I get your point on on the WWF stuff, and that was more stuff k- kind of out of control. The WWF at, at that point in his run, I still think though during mainly in his WCW run, there was stuff that was that was more in WCW's control that he really could have taken the next step yes. and, and really I, hold, hold held him back. So hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's where I look at it with his case. Um, Cause I, I think he could have been a bigger star even before joining the WWF, but uh, that's just more my opinion on, on the trajectory and where Pillman was going. Um, so that's why I have him on there. I, I have him right. like right on the edge, like, a, like as a four or five, because at like what you mentioned, he was at one point almost getting there in the WWF. And then the car accident happens. And then obviously he has uh, the tragic passing um, in 97. So uh, that that really puts a dent on it. Um, but everything beforehand, like uh, from the ascent of his career to uh, all the way up to his uh, shock appearance in ECW, uh, I think he could have been a much bigger star, uh, and and that's why I got him around my my five personally. Right. Well, let's definitely consider him because I think he's very close. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go a little off the board, and sure. I'm interested what you're going to say on a guy that. For me, every time he's out there, uh, he still is to this day. But um, I think since he came in, when I started watching him, now I started watching him sort of part of um, like Ring of Honor and then kind of growing from there. But that's kind of where I started watching him. Alex Shelley to me is one of the guys that I just, I don't understand why, and maybe it's a behind the scenes thing and you can tell me about it, Mm -hmm. but I don't understand why 
he never made it bigger. And when I say that, he's like, is he not the impact? Champion currently? Yes. Yes. So he's the impact world champion. Yeah. He's part of, to me, like a massive, massive team in the history, not the greatest team, but the Motor City Machine Guns are, have done a lot of great things in the world of professional wrestling. But when I watched them, I always would, I don't want to say it like rockers esque because Saban was much better than Marty Jannetty, but like, I always gravitated towards Alex Shelley. Mm-hmm. Always. I thought he was like, I thought he was the coolest guy on the planet. I thought he was amazing to watch in the ring. Um, I just felt every time I watched him, he had all of the characteristics of a guy that should be even bigger than, than what he's done. And he's got a, a list of accomplishments, right? That, yep. it's, it's a good list of accomplishments. I just looked up three-time IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champion. Mm-hmm. With Kushida there, yeah. And then with the Motor City Machine Guns, he was an X-Division champ. Do you feel like he belongs close to this list? I can hear more of a case for his tag team with Saban as the Motor City Machine Guns because a lot of what you see in tag team wrestling right now, like... Before the Bucks, there was the Motor City Machine Guns in my mind in terms of setting the bar of what tag team wrestling could be. And they certainly had that showcase in TNA. Um, I never looked at Shelly himself as a world, like an ob- which is funny now because he is a world champion in Impact. But I, I want to say this. I love watching Alex Shelley wrestle. I think he's a tremendous performer. And he's a guy that I would want in my locker room. Uh, to and help train whether it be train guys or you know wrestle some of the younger guys on the roster at this stage of his career alex shelley is somebody i would want on my roster and want in my locker room i just don't see him being that big of a star he's not on my list um i'd hear more of a case for the motor city machine guns in terms of influence and in terms of uh having a greater focus on their style of match in tna uh, cause TNA, they, they fell into the trap of, uh, we got to do everything like WWE and be WWE light. And we got to bring in all these older guys and it pushes down guys like your AJ styles, your Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, uh, you know, your motor city machine guns. So from that standpoint, I can see it, uh, in terms of a top five, I, I don't have them there. Um, but a tremendous performer. I, I, I really enjoy watching Alex Shelley wrestle and uh, I, I really enjoy the Motor City Machine Guns and I think they deserve more in the sense of how much influence they have on the current tag team wrestling scene and how tag team wrestling is performed and kind of setting the setting the path for the Young Bucks to come in and take over as well. Um, but I don't have them in my top five, unfortunately. So what is it about him that you think held him back to be like a in the conversation, like in the conversation of like a massive star, because I actually, this is one guy that I'm, I don't personally get why he wasn't even bigger than what he was. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I never saw him as a main, main event level promo and the promos that I've seen from him. 
Uh, I thought he was a decent enough promo, but I don't think it was enough to keep him into a main event position personally. Um, I I think that kind of holds it back from where he could have been in the peak of TNA. Um, so again, the end ring is definitely there. I think you could make an argument for he's got a unique look. He he stands out from the crowd. Um, I just don't, mm. I just, the thing with Shelly, I just don't see total package with him uh, as a main event guy that could have been taken to that next level. I, I see it. I see it more with the motor city machine guns. If you want to make that argument, I could, I could hear that argument more, but Shelly on his own, definitely not saving, but Shelly on his own, I has a better case than saving, but not enough to make the top five for me. I, I just, I just never saw. And, and this is more just gut feel for me. I just never saw main event level, uh, all around performer, uh, more as a high level upper mid card in ring guy personally. And you know what? I do understand not the greatest promo guy in the world. I think he's gotten better, Yep. but, but some people just don't have that necessarily to, to be able to give. So, okay. Um, you mentioned that, I think I can't remember whether it was on the show or not that you had a couple of tag teams. Yes. So again, maybe this is a nice segue into what it is that we think like who would be, who else would be an underrated tag team that maybe even would be ahead of the motor city machine gun. This one might be a weird pick. Uh, because they did accomplish a lot in their careers. But I think Harlem Heat could have been more in their careers. Mm-hmm. And that's more on the Booker T side of things than the Stevie Ray. Um, and and I think you could make an argument as well for Booker T being underrated as a singles performer. Um, Harlem Heat was one of those tag teams for me where, again, they accomplished quite a bit. And... They're one of WCW's more accomplished tag teams, but when you look at like taking that next step as being big stars and where their ceiling could have been, I just don't think they really reached that next level uh, as a tag team. Whether that is because Stevie Ray is not the greatest performer of of that team, and Booker T was more of the worker on that team and more of the all around wrestler uh, than Stevie Ray, um, I'm not sure, but. Uh, I had Harlem Heat in, on my list. I don't have him in a top five. I just have him in a uh, uh, nice to mention uh, sort of deal. Um, so that's one of them. The other tag okay. teams I had are just hold more honorable. Okay, hold on, hold on. But, yeah. We'll get because maybe we should include a tag team in this sure. at some point. And I think it's fair to probably put them at number five because I'm not sure. No matter who we decide, I think there should be a tag team. Um, we'll, we'll talk about where to place them, but sure. So just a couple of thoughts on that. I, I totally agree with you from a point of view of they were so much better than screwing around with like Bagwell and rigs and, yeah. um, how many times did they switch the titles with, with who else was it? Like, I feel like the nasty boys were in there. Yeah. Um, but when they kept, they, I'd have to go back and look at their title ring, but it was like every other week. Oh, they're winning the titles. They're, I think Scorpio and Bagwell. Yep. 
were, were another team that they were, excuse my language, Pat Quinn, they were dicking around with and like <laughs> they would beat them and then they would lose to them and then they yeah. would beat them. And I mean, in comes the Patriots yeah. with Bagwell, like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> and later on, so the you, outsiders uh, with the NWO angle and Steiners. Yeah, but, so I think that's really true. I don't care how many times they held the titles. They were like, oh, but we're, we're going to make, we're going to have Scorpio and Bagwell beat you and then you'll win them back. And then we're going to have, you know, some other bad tag team beat you and then yeah. you'll win them back. Yeah. But so that's a good one. Uh, Booker T certainly a lot better than Stevie Ray. And I think everyone knew it. And then they ended up putting Stevie Ray in the NWO and <laughs> putting him on commentary and, you know, didn't realize Booker's potential until it was too late and the company goes out of business by that time. And like he was part of, you know, Millie or the anyway, part of 1999, 2000 WCW. That was just a train wreck every single week. Mm -hmm. Fascinating television, but not in a good way. <laughs> yes. uh, because when the performers don't know what's going on, there is some cool aspect to go like, oh, well, if you don't know what's going on, I guess I don't know what's going to happen. So <laughs> this is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got to, you know, WWE and became the king and um, probably not used as well as I would have liked. But an all-time, an all-time legend, I guess the question would be, do you think Harlem Heat was underrated or do you think Booker T in his entire career was underrated kind of getting yeah a little bit stuck with Stevie Ray too long yeah that's what I'm sort that was what I was grappling with with Harlem Heat where am I am I feeling it with Booker or am I feeling it with Harlem Heat um I've been so on and off on Booker in his career like you asked me like a couple months ago I would say I I I didn't see it with Booker and then other times we like, okay, I, I get it. Like 2000 was just such a killer of a year in WCW. And, and while they did push Booker T and they gave him the world championship, it, it was just in a really bad year for the company. And he really wasn't given a chance. And then when, once he joined the WWF, he had the WCW label on him and it took him years and a gimmick change to finally get in the world title picture. Um, so that's what I was sort of grappling with, uh, with, with the Harlem heat team was, was it the team that I thought was underrated or was it more Booker? Um, and I think it could be a little bit of column a column B. I think Booker certainly carried that team. And I, I think they didn't get enough respect as being one of the top tag teams that WCW had at that time. Um, obviously, as you mentioned with the, the multiple ch title changes with, uh, the American males and, oh. uh, and Bagwell and Scorpio and, uh, the outsiders later on in the Steiners and, uh, you know, all those different tag teams in WCW at that time. I felt like every time I watched WCW Saturday night, like those titles were changing hands. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so they really didn't get a chance to have that. Like if you tell somebody who is a WCW fan, you, you ask for the definitive Harlem heat tag title run. I don't think they would get, be able to give it to you. Um, so there's that element. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure if what, I would have what other heat. teams. What other teams do you have? The other teams I have, uh, and it's funny because 
they are now getting more considered as all-time great tag team, but for a time, I don't think people understood just how good the Briscoes were uh, as, as a tag team. And I think it became more prominent once they had those matches with FTR. Um, and I think, obviously, when Jay passed away, I think people kind of took a different look at their at their tag team run and realize that these guys were probably one of, if not the best tag team in the world. Uh, and they were just being stored away in reign of honor. And, you know, and it, it was obviously, you know, he had the stuff with Jay Briscoe in the past with the comments that he made in the early 2010s. And that kind of scared WWF away, WWE, I should say away from the Briscoes for a time. And, um, but I, I look at that tag team and, more people are coming around to them being all-time great tag team and an all-time great tag team. And people know they're a great tag team, but I think it's one of those, we know they're good, but we don't understand just how great of a tag team they were. So that's a team uh, compared to Harlem heat. I would be more comfortable having in the top five. If we want to get a tag team in there. Hmm. I, I, Man, I I'm really I'm really torn because sometimes you can be like the question the only question for me would be did they shoot themselves in the foot with the comments mm-hmm. and never really giving themselves a chance do we give them respect for staying with a company that wasn't one of the top companies in the world like do you need to be on that stage in order to get the recognition to see whether you could have made it or not um probably my favorite tag team of the last 15 years like i'm trying to think of another team that i would put in that spot that like when they were on we we talked about it with the unfortunate death. Um, when they were on the television, I actually believed their gimmick. Yep. And I believed that they were crazy country from North Carolina going to absolutely whip your ass and they're going to do it. And you 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 can't do anything about it. And some of the matches they've had with some other great teams, I think it's one thing to have a great gimmick. It's another thing to have the gimmick and get in the ring and go toe-to-toe with some of the teams that they did. They would be in my like all-time tag team list of... You're right. You need to go and back and watch some of these mm-hmm. matches. Like they were, they were everything. Did they shoot themselves in the foot with the comments? And that was the reason why that they could have made it if they just understood a little bit more how unfortunate. Like, look, we all we all get this, right? You can be something, and you can be true to who you are, but you also, if you work for a conglomerate. And I don't care what world you're in. We're talking wrestling right now. If you work for a conglomerate, you can't always do everything you want to do all the time. 
or else you're simply not going to be working for them. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, some people don't like that. I get it. But if you want to work or if you want to have sometimes the, the, the success worldwide, you have to do some, doesn't mean you're a sellout. It just means you understand how the game is played and you're going to put yourself in the position in order to be who you are on a bigger stage and make more money because along the way, you're going to have to do some things that maybe you're not crazy about. It's just the way the world works. Yep. Do, do you think that they held themselves back a little bit? I think Jay held himself back more, if that makes any sense, because he was the one that made the uh, comments mm-hmm. at that time. And so... But not just the comments. Like, they were known as, you know... They could have gone to other companies before that. Yep. They decided, they decided not to. Yep. Or the companies weren't going to take a chance on them when you could just watch one match and go, holy cow. Yeah, they should be in the company, yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on whether it was just that, you know, they held themselves back. But I think they should be there too. I was going to say the Midnight Express as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought they were just an unbelievable team that always were the foes of the Rock and Roll Express. Mm -hmm. And the Rock and Roll Express were so over all the time that sometimes the Midnight Express didn't get as much credit. Um, but I think after all of this discussion, I probably land on the Briscoes or the Motor City Machine Guns mm-hmm. as the teams that were, they were so good and they had so much of it. that, And I'm guessing you're leaning more towards the Briscoes. Personally, yeah, I I would lean more towards the Briscoes because at least with the Motor City Machine Guns, however you feel about TNA around that time, it was the bigger company Um, and they do have an influence argument that people still talk about and you can make somewhat of an argument for the Briscoes. But I think in the case of the in the case of the Briscoes, I think it's one of those everybody knows they're good, but they didn't realize just how good they were. And like you said, like they're one of my all time favorite tag teams. Um, any era of the Briscoes you kind of go back to, you know, you're getting a fantastic match from them. Um, and the case of the machine guns, like I really am a big fan of the motor city machine guns. Um, it's just for me, I think the work lasts longer for the Briscoes. Um, and I, I just don't think they get the recognition they deserve sometimes, even, even post, uh, the tragic passing of Jay Briscoe. So I, I'm mm. leaning more towards, Bris- uh, the Briscoes. Okay, so the Briscoes are in then. Perfect. Bam Bam's in. Yeah. Did we agree on somebody else or no? No, I think those are, we 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 had Pillman uh, off to the oh, side. Pillman's, I knew, yeah, Pillman's yeah. sort of there, but yeah, he's hovering. I'm, he's not locked in, but we kind of have set him off uh, to the side just in case. Yeah, but he's yeah, he's close. So we'll, uh, I think we'll probably come down to a discussion on him or somebody else because i do think he's he's right there um okay i'll i'm just we're gonna run through 
couple more because I do feel like it's it's fair that we get out some more yep um names even if they're not in the top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say Bobby Roode. Okay, interesting. So I know he's had some accomplishments. And those accomplishments include, you know, being on top of the mountain, TNA, being on top of the mountain in NXT. Um, I thought this guy was the epitome of a guy who could go out and do so many things. He could be on his own. He could be a tag team. He worked with different guys to become tag team champions, right? Like it wasn't only James Storm. Um, I believe he won with Austin Aries. Yep. And who am I missing? He did it with somebody else. Um, but regardless. Uh, but then he turned into, you know, turned into a world champion. And he was a world champion, NXT. He gets up. I feel like he was right on the cusp of, like, Bobby Roode was must-see television in NXT after uh, being in TNA, being, like, Beer Money, one of my favorite teams of all time. I don't know that they were underrated. That was probably the height of where they could get to, I think at that point, but mm-hmm. um, I always wanted to watch Bobby Roode more. I wanted to listen to him when he spoke. I wanted to watch him in the ring. And then when he went singles, I was like, Oh, okay, we'll see. And then he became TNA world heavyweight champion. A couple of times he gets to NXT, he wins the NXT championship, and then he gets to the WWE where I think, okay, he like this is a grizzled vet that has has proved to everyone that he can make it, and now he's finally, finally gonna get to where he needs to be, and it just never got there. Yeah. Um it's a bit of Canadian bias because I followed his career since he got in. But I love Bobby Roode in so many different ways. And I still don't think he got the credit for being an NXT champion and a TNA champion. Like, I think he could have been more. I think he could have been. And maybe that comes from his lack of production in the WWE once he, once he got called up. But it felt like there was a couple of times where he hit his peak and then they took it away from him. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, don't worry, don't worry. He's going to get more. That's kind of how I feel about Bobby Roode. What do you think about him? I thought he was a very good professional wrestler throughout his career. I, I certainly think he had a look. I thought he had good promo ability. Um, I thought he was a, again, a solid in-ring worker. I think... Uh, when, you, when you say solid, it means but. But uh, I just... I just don't think he had... He was close, like... When he had the glorious gimmick in NXT, uh, he was somebody that 
I thought that maybe they could make that elevation with him into a main event guy. Um, I just don't think he had enough main event level charisma to make it into the WWE personally. Um, I thought he had charisma, but not enough to really uh, take him to that next level to be a world champion you would see in a WWE. Um, really? Yeah. So I, when he was NXT champion, you didn't think that he had sort of the it thing going on? I thought that the... I personally thought the music was a little bit more over than he was. Um, oh, I know Folks. it's it's more, 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 more hot takes, but you kind of, but, but where is he I, now I finally, after the finally found a hot take from Zach? That's like, <laughs> oh, I, I it just makes it, my stomach turn. I thought he, I look, I thought he was a, I think he's a solid wrestler. I think he's even a very good performer at his peak. I, I really enjoyed his run as TNA champion uh, between that 2011 to 2013 period. He had that feud with Austin Aries. I thought that was very good. Um, I just, I never really saw it as much as other people did um, in terms of being that sort of guy. Um, again, I think he's a guy that nice to have on the roster. I think he could, you know, you can rely on him to have good matches out there. Um, but I think as the years go by and obviously he had the unfortunate neck fusion surgery. And so it looks like his career is done. So I think we've got an idea of how his career has kind of gone. Um, I think he's accomplished personally what he's been able to accomplish. I think he's hit his ceiling, uh, personally for me. Um, certainly not somebody I would put in my top five. I will say that. Oh. So, okay. Okay. Who else you got? So I put in, uh, this might be a vote to appeal to you, Mr. Versage, but because well, I was ready to say no, the second you said his name. So I'm <laughs> glad that you put this qualifier in because I was right ready to go. Nope. Yeah. Uh, I put in Chris Candido. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I put in Chris Candido. I think he's a guy that I think in a different era, he's a big time star. Uh, I think he had everything from look to charisma to in-ring ability. Um, I thought he was the the whole package. And I think he was just all the right tools in the Ron era. And uh, obviously you have the stuff kind of outside the ring with, with Sonny, but um, I think that guy had everything, man. And I'll even say this, and it was kind of pointed out to me. You kind of look at how MJF wrestles. He wrestles a lot like Chris Candido. In terms of Does his movements ever. and his yep. and 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 the way that he carries himself in the ring, it, it really didn't become clear to me until it was kind of pointed out uh, by somebody in the in the industry, and I was like, man, like now that I've seen it, and they show the side by side, I'm like, man, he wrestles so much like Candido, and apparently MJF looks up to Candido a lot because they they wrestle very very similarly, and I think it's a testament that I think MJF is more charismatic than Candido, but. Uh, and and it was a better promo, but uh, in order to work that style that he's been able to up to this point, uh, taking a lot from Candido, I think that's a testament to how good he was. Um, and again, I think he was just in the Ron era. So uh, I got Chris Candido on my list. So there were two guys I told you, you were going to have like monumental feet to talk me out of not having them in the top five. Mm-hmm. Chris Candido was one of those guys. There we go. Um, 
it's almost like you know me too well <laughs> or, or are you just getting smarter with age i i don't know which it is but uh i'll, I'll say it's both so the fact that you said he was in the wrong era i don't know if there was a guy i i i'm hard pressed to think of anybody that was more in the wrong era than chris candido yeah uh because yeah it's really sad what happened to it's really sad what happened to him and when you watch the story of him you know breaking his leg and getting on a plane and should have never got on a plane and um out there you know just the next i forget what it was the next day or the day after he's out doing an angle yeah um that guy loved the business but that guy also had an it factor that he had so much charisma like i watched this guy live so i used to be a tape trader and all i wanted was in return for anything that i ever got my hands on all I wanted from other people was Smoky Mountain and ECW. So I could watch those television shows every week. And that was important to me as a wrestling fan back when I didn't have access to watch those shows. They were so important to me. When Chris Candido was in Smoky Mountain, he became my favorite wrestler. When he went to ECW, he was, along with Shane Douglas, my favorite wrestler. And that when they got together, the triple threat was maybe my favorite faction of all time. I, I'm i not saying they were the best faction of all time. I'm mm -hmm. saying they were my one right. of my favorite factions of all time. Yep. So, so much so that, again, if I repeat myself, then just, you know, let me go on and pretend I don't because I'm getting old. Um, I, in university, ran a hockey league that uh put some money in my pocket it was sort of the antithesis to an uh intramural mm -hmm. where stupidly and i can say this story now it was probably the dumbest thing i ever did and i got away got away with it is i decided to run an entire hockey league of six teams uh by myself and I got everyone in the league to sign waivers that if something happened to them, because this was an independent league, that they could not come at me. Now, in finding out after that, that didn't mean crap. And if somebody did get hurt, they could have come after me for everything. Um, but I called it the Franchise Hockey League. And... I refereed every game by myself. I ran everything. I booked the ice time. I got the shirts. And one team in particular called the Franchise Hockey League on Team Yellow. You, nobody was getting number three because with the black and yellow and the number three on the back, I was a triple threat guy. And I loved the triple threat. I got the shirt signed by Shane Douglas uh, at an event. I wanted to get Candido and Bigelow as well. Um, but he had everything. He could wrestle in the ring and he could wrestle circles around you. Mm -hmm. He had this sort of charismatic it factor. He could be a true baby face and go out there and you, you just want to pull for the guy. And then he could go out there and he could be the chicken crap heel. And 
go out there and he's got the pretty girl. And unfortunately, you know, that having the really pretty girl, you would think is a benefit to you. But when they went to WWE and got the big ticket, well, Sonny was, Sonny was one of the great managers and performers of all time. And it sucks that what has happened to her since. Mm-hmm. Um, but she got in the spotlight. She became one of the biggest stars in the business. You know, remember back then before people like you were born, she was the most downloaded AOL person of all time. She was, she was an absolute superstar when it came to what the WWE and they, they kind of cared less about Candido, which, which really sucked because the team could have been an amazing, like you got an incredible wrestler, an incredible gimmick. Um, he can do anything you ever wanted to do. You got the pretty girl beside him. It just, they could have been so much better, but Sonny went to the top. Candido kind of stayed, you know, at sort of a, a, a bottom level and, you know, they were together, but they weren't. And, you know, he probably deserved a whole lot better when it came to her. And she, you know, had things happen in her career, but this isn't about her. It's about what he could have been. He could have been one of the biggest stars the industry has ever seen. And he, he there isn't something he didn't have. And the fact that he never got there is an absolute crime. Mm-hmm. to wrestling fans of what he could have been. Yeah. I would have argued to the, I would have argued a long time on this podcast. If you weren't going to put him in the top five, I wanted to hear because I've seen great matches with that guy in the ring against all types of opponents. Um, He could just do anything you ever wanted. He could be a serious guy. He could be a, a really funny guy. He could be a chicken crap. He could, you know, do all like the guy wore diapers in the ring in Smoky Mountain and he got over. Yeah. Like literally, he was a baby. And that's where you know somebody, it's not that he was a baby and, you know, kind of made it through. It's that people still wanted to watch that guy and he got saddled with a stupid crying baby gimmick, <laughs> which is one of the worst ideas ever. And he, not that he pulled it off that it was like the greatest character, but. He got through it to make him still, you want to watch him. Yep. Still credible. Uh, Chris Candido was going to be in my top two or three. Like, yeah. So right now, we have Chris Candido. Mm-hmm. We have Bam Bam Bigelow. Mm-hmm. We have the Briscoes. Yep. We have Pillman sort of on the side. Yep. Who else do we have? Uh, I believe that's uh, that's the ones we picked so far. We've gotten rid of Malenko and Martel, um, according to the list I've just been following along. So those are the three, three right now that's confirmed in, like Bam Bam, Candido, and the Briscoes. And Pillman could be in. Pillman could be in with some convincing okay. and some uh, argument making I, and all that. So I have one more that I'm... I'm going to be staunch on that. He, he needs to be in. Gotcha. Is I, can I take a guess? Yeah, you probably know. Is it, is it the rest of the triple threat there? Is it Shane Douglas? 
No, it's not. Oh, okay. Um, so now, now I, now I'm interested to hear what the what the name is. Yeah. So, I love Shane Douglas. Like I'm, I'm a mark for Shane Douglas mm-hmm. for everything that he did and um, being part of the the coup to go from Eastern Championship Wrestling. Um, I was part of the dynamic dudes in WCW, and then he went to wwf and he was dean douglas and like he was in ecw he went to be dean douglas it like came back and became a massive star but in all of that i don't know how much more he could have been like i think they probably got a he probably made the most of what he was given and even though i love that that doesn't mean that everybody does um i i don't know that i could sit here and argue that he he didn't get some of and he he ended up being a little bit too immature when you start getting in year-long pissing contests with with a guy like flair yeah you might be right but he's a bigger star and you just can't be, you can't let that grab a hold of you for as long as he let it grab a hold of him. Yeah. Um, that was his fault. That was nobody else's fault. And I, he, he might've been right in every single thing that he ever had to say about Ric Flair, but it was still Ric Flair and you weren't changing people's minds. Yep. And to, to get in that, it's just a dumb move to get into that, kind of behind the scenes thing with, with a guy like flair, who was just so much bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people still talk about the greatest of all time, they mention Ric Flair. So you, I don't care whether you were right or whether you were wrong, you know, like yep. at, at some point you needed to, to understand that for your own career, you needed to, to move on. So uh, it was not be Shane Douglas. Um, it might surprise you because okay. He's had a long, distinguished career. And I think at the beginning when I was talking about this, I was talking about somebody that um, I think when you when you look back, you go, that guy had a pretty awesome career. Um, but to me, he still was the a guy that was looked over in different circumstances. And I also saw him in some bad spots where he was losing to people that he never, ever, ever should have lost to in a million years. So I will tell you that I think that in the same vein that Shawn Michaels will go down as one of the greatest performers to ever perform. Um, and I don't know why I'm using Sean as opposed to somebody else, but he kind of kind of reminds me of him. I just don't think he ever got put in that spot to be one of the greatest of all time. And that is our friend Christian. Okay. Interesting. Um he was one of the greatest tag team guys ever. He was always second to edge. 
And look, sometimes that happens in a tag team. He he left. Um, but before he left, the guy was losing. And I, I had this pointed out to me that he was losing to Hardcore Holly and Matt Hardy on house shows. Yep. He becomes world champion in TNA and has a, a massive run there. Still didn't get the recognition that he should have. Comes back to WWE. Uh, I would consider him an afterthought in the way that he was treated. And then even coming into AEW, he was thought of as a guy that could come in, have some decent matches, but but help out the other guys. Yep. And all he's done is turn it into main eventing, two pay-per-views. Um, still is in one of the biggest storylines there is. And I wish... Every time I see that guy on my television right now, I wish he was afforded the opportunity to be more of this for way longer. Um, and if you want to put it another way, the guy should have been afforded some of the opportunities that Edge was afforded. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love Edge. Edge, we can talk about his career at some point. This isn't the show for it because. I don't know why Christian fell second to Edge. I really don't. I think he was as good, maybe even better, um, which is saying a lot, uh, but maybe even better than Edge. Um, I think Christian, if he was afforded the opportunities before, would have gone down as an all-timer. And he, he still will be talked about, but when you mention the top five or ten wrestlers of all time, his name would never come up. And I think it should. I would like Christian on the list. So here's a funny thing, Lee. <laughs> I didn't have him on my list, but not because I disagree with everything that you said. I looked at him more where I thought he was finally achieving what he could have in AEW currently right now. Um, so I agree with you throughout his career, and I wouldn't be upset if we kept him in the top five. Um, I guess my only counter to that is I think we are starting to finally see where he could be at that peak. Um, and being a go-to guy and being the, one of the guys on the show that people tune in to watch and getting the respect that he deserves and earns. And, you know, there's the famous story when he was coming into the WWF with edge that, uh, Vince McMahon wanted to put a blue dot over his face. Cause he just got tired of seeing his face. Uh, there's that famous story with him. Um, so I, so I didn't have him on my list, not because I don't think he's underrated or I don't think, you know, I, I don't think he's a great performer or anything like that. I just didn't have him on there because now I am starting to see him on, on AW and reaching that peak and, and being that guy and, uh, getting the respect that I think he finally has, has earned. Okay. But th- um, let me, a- let me ask you this though. Sure. Do you think he'll ever be world champion? Uh, for no. Okay. Not well, for the rest of not? his career. 
Uh, cause I think at this stage of his career, he's, I think 48 or something that I think, uh, he, it's, I'm sorry, I, I must've missed Chris Jericho winning a title at 50 or yeah, but, whatever he was, but, but, Jericho, but you know, Jericho was the bigger star of the two, right? Like, no, I would argue I, I, Jericho was the bigger star between he and, and Christian. Yes, he is because Jericho got afforded some other opportunities. I don't think Jericho is underrated. No, I, me think, Chris, I, I think Christian, I think Jericho is one of the biggest stars of all time. Yes. I think Christian should be one of the biggest stars of all time. Mm-hmm. So why isn't Christian coming in and being in the world title picture? Jericho is in the world title picture. He held the, the world title. Yeah. He's but- 50 but, he was 50 years old. But Jericho was more of an established star at that point that you needed to get the title on him to establish the company. Okay. I don't think Christian would have had that same impact compared no, to Jericho. No, because he was underrated before. That's my point. Right. He should <laughs> have been in that spot. He should be talked about. Like when Jericho came into AEW, that's how Christian should have been. And he was not afforded the opportunities to do that, to get himself to a spot where they should have put the belt on him if he came in when Jericho came in. Mm -hmm. My point is that that guy is Chris Jericho, just not afforded the opportunities, but he's done everything as, like, he's as good as Jericho in every aspect of what he does. Mm -hmm. And that's not a disrespect to, to any... I love Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho has been an incredible performer over the course of his career. I would I would have him in the discussion of greatest of all time. Yep. I want to have the same discussion with Christian. And unfortunately, he's back in the 20s. And there, as you said, they couldn't put the title on Christian because, because he didn't have the, the cachet. Well, why not? Right. My argument is he should have. He should have been treated and given the opportunities so that at this point of his career, I could put him in a world title. I could say to you, he should be the world champion. I actually think he should be the world champion in AEW. I really do. Mm -hmm. Because even at this point, even at this point, would I pay to go see Christian in all of his, like what he is right now, would I pay to see him against the best, the, the Kenny Omegas and the Will Ospreys and the Adam Pages of AEW, the MJFs. Like, could you imagine Christian Cage and MJF going with the world title and Christian's the, the, the heel and MJF's the good guy and they're, they're both going after each other on the mic and Christian wins the world title? Like, I'm in. Yep. Give, take my money. That would right? be a good program, yes. And so... You're right. He's finally starting to establish. But my point is exactly what you just said. Will he ever be a world champion? Well, no, not at this point in his career and blah, blah, blah. But why not? Why not? All he's done with every single opportunity that he ever gets is he outperforms people. The guy's got the TNT strap wrestling edge in Montreal, and it's fantastic. Like. Nobody expected that. Nobody expected him to main event two pay-per-views. They expected him to be a working agent. Mm-hmm. And if he just was treated that way 10 years ago and 15 years ago, we'd be talking about one of the greatest of all time. And all the, they, he still is considered 
Would you not agree with this? When you hear edging Christian, you don't think of Christian at the same level. You think of him second behind edge, correct? Correct. My point is that he was always just as good or better than edge. And it does edge got the opportunities. He took advantage of them. Awesome. No criticism. Christian didn't get the opportunities. I feel like if he got the exact same opportunities that edge got, we'd be talking about him like we do edge and he wouldn't be second. I'm telling you, I want him on this list. I feel very passionate about having him on this list because when you say the name edge and Christian, you think of Christian second, like he's the second part of a tag team. When I think he should be five or 10 best singles wrestler in the world ever. That's what I think of him. I don't want him second on a tag team that nobody knows. Not nobody knows, but like, oh yeah, I remember Edge and Christian, uh, the, the, the harmonicas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Christian's the, Christian's the other guy. poses, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Christian's <laughs> the other guy. Well, that sucks. <laughs> so I want him on the list. I don't mind having him on the list. Right. I, uh, I just, uh, that's just more of my counter is, uh, okay. no, he's, 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 he's counter. starting to reach that peak that we finally see. I trust me. If, if he didn't join AEW, like if, if Christian's career ended with a concussion in, in the WWE, I'm on that same train as you. I'm saying that this guy is, is not like, it's totally underutilized would honestly be in my top three. Um, but now that he's at this point of his career where he is getting recognized, he is somebody that uh, is is in prominent discussion as one of the better wrestlers in the world, albeit later in his career. Uh, it's why I don't have him as high. Like if this was a top 10, I would have him in my top 10. Um, so. Okay. So, the, okay. So where do you, I, I'm putting him on the list. Okay. So where do you want to put him? I'm okay with four or five for Christian. Fine, Bam Bam, Bam Bam Five. Sorry, no. You want Christian behind Bam Bam? Yes. Oh man, I. Okay. Um, I would have Bam Bam Three to be honest. Okay, so we have now. You gotta go over them again because my memory is not good. Yeah, uh, we're just missing one more, but I can go over the uh, the names that we have selected. Okay. Um, we have uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Chris Candido. Yeah. The Briscoes. Yeah. And Christian Cage. And we have Brian Pillman kind of hovering around. Yeah. You said no to Bobby Roode, Alex Shelley. Yeah. Uh, we said no to Rick Martell. No to Rick Martell. We said no to Dean Malenko as well. Yeah. Um, I'd like to throw in another name. Uh, and I think it'll appeal. I think it might appeal more to you and I, um, than maybe a general audience. But I think once I say that name, I think you will understand where mm. I'm coming from with it. Okay. okay. Um, so a lot of where Eddie Guerrero is today can be attributed to this guy. Um, and he, unfortunately, if you say Dom Mysterio, I'm, I'm quitting. <laughs> it's Dominic Mysterio. No, <laughs> it's, uh, it is not Dominic Mysterio Lee. Um, a lot of a lot of where Eddie Guerrero is was and his career can be attributed to him, um, and he's somebody who 
uh, passed away very early in his career to where it could have been a peak. And I am going to throw the name Art Barr in there. Um, and I knew I knew you were going to do this because it uh, that that hair versus mask match yeah. in AAA is one of the greatest matches I've ever. It actually shaped some of the way that I watch professional wrestling. Yeah, and it was a very. You mentioned you were a tape trader. I would imagine it was a highly traded tape around it that was, time, and it, it was like the thing to go get. Yes, uh, it's uh, it's it's a tremendous match and. Like you mentioned, it's it's something that uh, really set the tone for uh, it. It was also kind of representative of the peak of the growth of AAA around that time. Uh, and there was a lot of talk around that time of where Art Barr could go as a performer. Um, there are obviously things that hold him back in his in his personal life outside of the ring. Um, and there's also, you know, when he was in WCW as the juicer Um he, he, he was in bigger companies, but they never really utilized him properly. But I think after that, when worlds collide match, uh, with, with, uh, Eddie against, uh, Octagon jr. Uh, and blue Panther, I think it was, um, it was, uh, the sky was the limit of where art bar could go at that point. And he was the guy. It's funny. You look at Eddie Guerrero, now in 2005 and how he was the total package totally charismatic and 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 could also go in the ring art bar was kind of that guy that was more charismatic than eddie at that point because eddie was still kind of coming into his own as performer still a very good in-ring performer but art bar was more of the character of that group uh more of the character uh he was very very charismatic um and he had some really great feuds in triple a with blue panther um and so it was, it's more of a what if case with art bar. Um, but, uh, I'd like to throw his name into the discussion because he's somebody that always kind of gets mentioned as a, what if, where could he have gone, uh, after that big match? So. So what's the difference between a, what if, and, uh, most underrated, like, I think that's one of the things that I'll have a hard time here with, right? Yep. Is that do I think at that time Art Bar was underrated massively? Like you just he had all the things to make it work, but did he have enough of a career for you to say that he was so underrated? Or was it just the fact of like he was just coming into his own and then tragedy happened? Mm. Like the difference with Pillman, I think, is that there's more there's more history to work with with him to go, yeah, I think he would have been way bigger of a star, but he was already... A, a fairly big star because of the history of his work mm-hmm. where, where art bar probably wins a competition or is first or second in the competition when it comes to w- the what ifs. And, and uh, some of this has leaked into it, right? Like Chris Candido, Brian Pillman, art bar, all guys that died in their thirties and all guys that, 
you wish you could have seen for another 10 or 15 years because of the potential that was out there of what they could have been. So I think it's it's a great point. My only counter to that is when I put it up against Candido and Tillman is I can tell you more of that you should go back and watch a lot of different things that Pillman and Candido did. How many other things other than sort of the breakout match for Art Bar? Was there a long history before that of great matches that you absolutely have to go back and watch? Not really, if you really wanted to dig into his Portland stuff, but otherwise, not really. And that that would be very difficult for me. I think at that point to probably put him ahead, mm-hmm. but again, maybe there's another show about what could have been. Yeah. Right. But this is a show on the most underrated of all time. So mm-hmm. last chance to get something else in. Uh, but I got, Five here because I'm the more that you throw out the art bars of the world, mm-hmm. the more I lean towards Brian Pillman. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Of, be, of becoming enough of a history to become a massive star, but a lot of time from Lion Brian wrestling Jushin Liger in 89. Uh, 90? I think it was, 90, was I think it was ninety one or ninety two in the Mall of America. Okay, did he wrestle? He didn't wrestle him before that. Um, oh, I, he's wrestled him before that. Yes, I, I, I uh, okay, but they've, but they've like wrestled him, before. Yes, but but Pillman and uh, when he was in right after Stampede, and they brought him up, and um, he was wrestling. I think he wrestled Luger too in um, some different matches in the NWA mm-hmm. before it turned into WCW. Um, okay. I should yeah, uh, K- I just quickly, I, I realized uh, just a correction on the Art Bar Eddie Guerrero match. It was El Hio del Santo in Octagon. I said El Hio del Santo, yeah. I said Not Blue, Blue Panther. Panther. Yeah, but he was a great wrestler, oh. by the way, that people need to go watch, but. Um, yeah, sorry. I just want to put, throw that correction in there. Um, I'll I'll throw in uh, I'll throw in uh, I'll throw in one other name. Uh, I'm going to throw in a guy who has main evented with Hulk Hogan before, and has had runs in the main event in different territories. Um, and uh, I'm going to throw in Paul Orndorff as a guy that uh, was underrated. Um, I think for his time and his era, he was a very good wrestler. Um, and he doesn't get the respect of being one of the top Hogan opponents. I know he had the main events in Toronto, the big events. Uh, I was there. And you were there for that, for 11, that show. 11 years old. There you go. Uh, and how that kind of ballooned into, you know, 60, 70,000 people in attendance, uh, in Toronto for that match. Um, but when you think of like, big time Hogan opponents. Uh, I think people think Andre, the giant. I think people think of Roddy Piper. Um, 
I think Orndorff kind of goes down the list a little bit um, in terms of like some of the biggest opponents. I know that he was in that tag match at WrestleMania one, um, but I also think it just gets lost in terms of like the overall package as a character, as a wrestler uh, on the microphone. Uh, I think that total package was there when it came to Paul Orndorff that I don't think he gets enough respect in terms of uh, what he was able to accomplish in his career. And then his later stuff at WCW clearly slowed down, but was still a solid enough worker to kind of get through. Pretty wonderful was a fun little tag team in WCW. Um, So I want to throw that name in there as an underrated guy that I think could hover around that top five. Yeah. um, I just don't know if he was that good in the ring, but I know what you're saying, because I was actually going to say, Guys like, like, I don't know if you think that Roddy Piper could have been even bigger. Jake the Snake. Uh, man, I just watched uh, the, the, what do they call it? Rivals or whatever. Yep. You know, it was J- Jake the Snake and Macho Man. Um, every time I go back and watch Jake, I'm just like, oh my God. He, he was just so good. Yep. He was so good. Um. And probably got to probably got to the WWF a little bit too late. Like everyone still remembers him back. Like if oh, I was a wrestling fan when I was young. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Jake the Snake, and like you remember that guy. He never held any titles. Like never. Mm-hmm. But yet he was so over. Could he have benefited from a title reign or like? a long a long window where I'm not sure but I kind of feel that way there's a little bit of me that wants to put Ricky Steamboat on the list too mm-hmm. um, because it's one of those things to know how great that guy was and to see the matches with Flair and to know that he probably could have done that with a lot of people and it just never like he had the match with the macho man that was so iconic, but so rehearsed um, the most rehearsed match in wrestling history, mm-hmm. but he was still a part of it and he was still a match that people remembered for a very long time, but he was never, he was the intercontinental champion for five minutes after he beat Savage and he lost, and still, if you go back, one of the weirdest three counts in Buffalo, New York, with Honky Tonk Man that I've ever seen, um, just to get the title off of him, and he left, and he went and had all those matches with Flair, but he was world champion for five minutes there, too, and they put it back on Flair, and he just always toiled with the him and Shane Douglas, and, you know, him and, you know, he wrestled Austin for a long time, but did he ever reach? I don't know. Some of me wanted to put him there and then I'm like, I don't know. How do you feel about steamboat and, or Piper or, or Jake Piper? I don't put in there. Uh, I, I, I think Piper reached his peak personally. Um, really? Never yeah. held a, never held a title in WWE. Yeah. Oh, he had the, oh, sorry. He was an intercontinental champion. Well, well after, the prime. Yeah. I, like I, I get where you're coming from on that. 
I I just don't think that Piper was like I don't think Piper was that great of an in-ring worker either. Like I know he has a legendary match with Valentine. Um but he was more known as like the talker and could get people in the building and uh I think Piper hit, hit his peak um personally. Um I could hear the argument hmm. for Steamboat but I also think he is widely regarded as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in ring wise. And so, so just to go back and go like, like steamboat was, but just to go back, you don't think that if politics were different, like if I could go back right now, I would have taken the title off of Hogan and put it on Piper for a year and have Hogan chase that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, and have Hogan still be he's still your number one guy, still your star. Yep. And when Hogan finally got to Roddy Piper, it would have been incredible. But Hogan was like, I'll do a whole show on Hogan about how what an egomaniac that guy was and how he actually took wrestling back and what we could have had in wrestling. And what we never got because of him is just insane. Yep. Like all of the things that could have happened with that guy that never did. And I'm talking about the flares and the pipers and like some of the things that could have possibly happened that he never gave us. I I just, but I would have taken the belt off of him soon after WrestleMania one. Like have WrestleMania, have your big moment with with Mr. T and Liberace and Cindy Lauper and Muhammad Ali. And I know we know the story, but what went into WrestleMania won? Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything Vince McMahon has. He was betting on and he and he won. But after that, you're telling me that for for two years since WrestleMania won, where the title wasn't on the line. From that point on, what do you remember? You remember Andre the Giant in WrestleMania 3. Yep. Well, what happened for two years? He's wrestling Bundy in Chicago. Yeah. With when they had WrestleMania at three places. He's wrestling Bundy and Stud and mm-hmm. um I think there was a Kamala feud in there. Come on, yeah, but just a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. And it's like when Roddy Piper walked to the ring at WrestleMania. Like I watch that again and go, that guy could have been shot that day. <laughs> like that guy had everything going like that feud with Jimmy Snuka. Um, just, I don't know why they didn't put the title on him and then have Hogan chase him for a year for the massive payoff that it would have been. Mm-hmm just a massive payoff. And that's why I would consider Roddy Piper in there Mm -hmm. because he never got that opportunity to get, because he was never beating Hogan because Hogan just decided that that wasn't going to work for me, brother. So what was, what was Roddy Piper supposed to do? This massive, massive over hated heel that could never, could never wrestle. Hogan didn't get anywhere with him. Like, it's just, I know it's a, it's a predicament that the whole 
company had, but I feel like he's one of the bigger poster boys for that. That's all. Yeah. Um, I, I, I see that more as a what if, as opposed to underrated. If I, I mean, the thing with Piper that we also have to remember with him was that he also didn't want to do jobs. Um, so, and, and so but that what, was around that same time too. So, yeah, but he didn't want to do jobs because he's looking at the other guy, not wanting to do jobs. And he's kind of like, Oh, uh, I'll do, I feel like what all that I've read in the history of Piper is that he would have done it if there was something in it for him. Right. And I don't really know, like he was a big, huge hated guy that everyone wanted to come and see and hate. What was in it for him? If he was just going to go and consistently do the job and never get anywhere else. So I don't, I don't put that necessarily on him. I kind of be like, well, I'll I'll do the job. Like, give me the title, and I'll I'll do the job for him later. Like, we'll all make a gazillion dollars. And but that's anyway. and that's fair. I mean, my whole thing on it is that I, in my personal view, I don't think Hogan chasing after the championship would have worked as well as people think it would have, because the money was in Hogan overcoming the odds against these against these big monsters. That's why they booked the King Kong Bundy and an Andre the Giant and a big John Stud and all these guys. And I know Piper is does not fit that criteria. He was a different kind of heel. But I just think I, I don't look at Piper and I think he was underrated. I, I think he was okay. somebody that helped that that is remembered fondly and reached his peak. And I think you could do as much as you could with Piper and could he have won the title for sure. Uh but I I, I don't disagree with that decision around that time. Later on, like, you know, when Hogan was losing steam and that storyline of, you know, conquering giants was was losing its steam. Absolutely. I'd be looking at that storyline, but that's not really how Hogan built his repertoire. Uh, it was it was kind of overcoming the odds, overcoming giants. And so um, that's kind of what made him draw in my mind. I know. So, but why couldn't you have put the title on Piper? And I know we're playing what if now because it really doesn't have to do with our discussion. But why couldn't you have put the title on Piper? And then Piper get all of the giants to try and protect him for a year. And the whole story is that I'm going to put the biggest possible roadblocks in front of you and use the Bundys and the studs and everybody else for like eight, eight months or nine months or whatever it is. It, it, it doesn't sound that complicated to be like, he still has to overcome in the land of the giants before he finally gets his hands on the guy that he can get to and, mm -hmm. and win and win the title back. Mm -hmm. I just think for as big as Hogan ever was like there was a lot of underrated people there because they never got an opportunity, I guess is like he won the title off the Sheik and just didn't give it up ever. Like, and then when he gave it up, what to the undertaker, he, Got it back in five days or something like something crazy. Yeah. Whatever it was like I think it was like this, this Tuesday in Texas. And then like you got it back on the weekend. Like, <laughs> okay, I guess um, just what could have been, I think back to if he had done business properly, who was it that would have been on top and maybe, underrated this big star and the first name that comes to my mind is piper but mm -hmm. another one that would come to my mind too is jake yep i would hear that uh, argument more for jake 
um, such an amazing promo. He wasn't yep. horrible in the ring. He was better in the ring earlier in his career than he was in the WWE, but that's kind of the way that it was for everyone. Um, yeah. Just an incredible promo and just, that guy could have worked as a champion for sure. Yeah. Because you could have had baby faces chase that guy and him slithering around to do all that it took to keep the title for a while. until somebody finally beat him. Mm -hmm. Like you could have done a lot with that guy. Yeah. And there is the famous segment where it looked like they were going to go do a Hogan and Jake Roberts program. And then they did the snake pit with Hogan and Roberts does the angle on Hogan and the crowd cheers Jake uh, for going after Hogan. And that totally nixes the program. It's one of those lost pieces of footage that kind of has gone into lore of uh, of uh, like, where where did the footage go in the same vein of like the Bret Hart, Tom McGee match? Um, and so, yeah, I they did try an angle around that at that point. And Jake was just on fire around that time, too, because uh, he was different from everybody else. He while everybody was being shouty, yelly, he was the, you know, cerebral brooding lowering his voice talking to you and you were just engaged with whatever Jake was saying. So I'd hear more of an argument for Jake. Um, like, cause as you mentioned, he dev never won a title either. Um, and he could have been more as a bigger star. Um, of those three, I would hear, I would hear Jake's okay. argument more. So would you put, so let's, let's do a top five here sure. and then have a discussion about if you'd change any of it. Um, so we Definitely have the Briscoes are in. Yep. We definitely have uh, both Bam Bam Bigelow and Chris Candido. Yep. Uh, Christian is in. Yep. Um, then we have... We have Pillman Pil hovering. Pillman. Mm -hmm. um, is there anyone else that we, we both came to a conclusion that they're, boy, they're really, really on the cusp here of... I threw out Orndorff. I don't know how you're feeling about yeah, Orndorff. I don't. I, I just, I watched enough of his matches live mm -hmm. to back in the time to go. Yeah, no, like I just kind of feel like him the way that you feel about um, a couple others that are just sort of, I like, I see what you're talking about and they're definitely, I just never thought that, I don't know what more he could have been. If you put the strap on him, he probably could have been a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I thought you were going to say Paul Roma <laughs> when he teamed with Paul Roma, and Paul Roma just never got what he. And I would say Paul Roma got everything and more that he ever <laughs> should have got when they included him for five nanoseconds in the Four yeah. Horsemen. Yeah, well, Paul Roma would say that, but uh, yeah, I did. I did. I'm not going to lie. As an honorable mention, I did have Power and Glory in there. I knew it was not going to make top five or top 10. And that was more for their finisher, uh, the powerplex. Uh, they only lasted about uh, a year or whatever. And I thought Hercules and Roma had like decent chemistry. And I think it says something when that DR is taking your stuff. So um, I threw it yeah. in the honorable mentions. So no, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, but again, I think we had some really good teams in there. Mm -hmm. Like to me, the Motor City Machine Guns being left out, Bobby Roode being left out, um, some of the other guys being left out. So I guess the question then becomes, would you put Jake Roberts over Brian Pillman? That's what's kind of going through in my mind. Um, I think 
I think Roberts could have hit his peak more than Pillman could. Mm. I probably mm. pick I probably pick Jake over Pillman to be honest. But it's tough because both like Ooh, okay. Because 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 I thought Pillman was the better in-ring performer. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure he was. And and there were stuff that I thought was out of his control in terms of his ascent. While in the case of Jake, it was more he was starting to get into his issues outside of the ring at that time and was starting to become a little bit more unreliable. And uh, so it's it's tough. It's really, really tough between the two. I'm leaning yeah. more towards Jake, but not by much. Oh, man, it's it is tough. Yeah. Um, it would be in that five slot for me personally. Um, yeah. God, that's tough. Okay, I I'm. It, it's really hard for me too because I think they're both really compelling arguments to be there. Um, I probably am going to agree with you. Very, very like fifty point one to forty nine point nine. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to agree with you because. There's a little bit of the what if with Pillman, with the, the car accident and then the death. Um, but would he have been like world champion? Would he have been that guy? Man, I don't yeah. know. I, I feel like it's possible. Yeah, I feel I, more I, confident on that with Jake than I do with Pillman. Same. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like back when Jake was at his prime and everyone remembers oh jake the snake roberts like they you non-wrestling fans remember hogan and jake the snake and poco beware like mm-hmm. that is just what they do but when you listen to him he was a good enough worker he wasn't incredible in the ring no. um he did do better stuff like i said before he got there but he also would have been good enough to work with other guys that weren't that good and deliver programs. And I think as a champion too, your ability to deliver a promo is everything. Make people come and watch you. Yep. He could do that. And I think he never had the rocket ship attached to him, but he's still one of the best promos ever. Mm-hmm. And never and never yelly and never, as you said, screaming and didn't have to do that. And I don't know why they never put him in a cha- in a spot to be. Well, I do, and the answer is Hogan. But <laughs> yes. like, don't know why he didn't get put in a spot. But imagine if they did with the one I just watched. Imagine like. Macho Man's retired, and you know Jake wins the world championship, and um, does all the things like he was doing, like just in that that pack with with Savage. If you, I don't even know if you can get away with some of the stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. he, unfortunately, and he should never, but he sort of slapped Elizabeth. He had a snake. Cobra snake bite macho man in the arm where they couldn't get the snake off. 
he literally scared everybody coming to ringside. He could scare you with the way that he spoke. And if you put the world title on that guy, I can only imagine because he feels like the perfect guy to me too, to be the world champion until he's cool enough where people, as you said, start to cheer him and you could turn him baby face and have him face a couple of heel challengers before he ends up losing the title. Right. But he also could have been in a program with Hogan. That would have been Hogan as the, the yelly screamy, I'm a real American true hero. And here you got the guy that's bested you a couple of times that never even raises his voice. Mm-hmm. It could have been, it just could have been awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel like the fact that everyone knows who Jake Roberts is and he was never a world champion and never a, a guy that they attached the rocket ship to. And he still just, you know, made everyone remember him. I, I, I do feel now like I'm leaning. He could have been a world champion. Yeah. Okay. Jake Roberts at five. Yeah. Put Bam Bam Bigelow at four. Okay. Briscoe's at, Briscoe's at three. Are you comfortable with that? I'm fine with that. I, I, I personally would have it switched around where Bam Bam at three and Briscoe's at four. Okay. Well, let's do that then. Oh, okay. So Briscoe's at four. Mm-hmm. Bam Bam at three. Which means you're going to, you might have to move Bam Bam up even more because I know you don't want Christian that far up the list. No. Um, I, so let's just say this: I'm more than comfortable with saying Candido at at one. Um, yeah, I'm comfortable so with wanna, that. Do you want to put Bam Bam at two and Christian at three? Yes, I'll do that. I figured. Yeah, I thought about it. I, uh, I know. I thought about it. <laughs> Folks, did he pretend to think about it? No, or I thought did about he it. actually think about it? I thought about it. I he was, I was being fair. For a second. I did. I did uh, go silent. I, I, I was being fair. Okay. No. And I think, you know, we, we both have to give and take. Yeah. On this list. And I don't know, maybe everyone will hate our list. Yeah. But. Oh, I'm sure they will, but whatever. We, we mentioned a bunch of honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of people from the Martells to the Roods to the Pillmans to Art Bar to a lot of people that would be in consideration for this list. Mm-hmm. But again, number five, Jake the Snake Roberts. Yep. Number four, the Briscoes. Yep. Number three, Christian. Yep. Number two, Bam Bam Bigelow. That's right. And number one, Chris Candido. I like it. I like that Shane list. Du- Shane Douglas is looking in going, guys, <laughs> I was the champion in the triple threat. I, I, I was, was the, the lead champion. guy in the triple threat. Right. Where am I? <laughs> well, that's why they're underrated because they both should have been probably higher than you. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that must have pained you to say that, eh, as a big Shane Douglas guy? Well, I just loved all of them. I, I, yeah. I can, it doesn't even pain me because Douglas reached his peak more than those two guys did. And this is a most underrated. Yeah. I, but just because Douglas didn't make this list doesn't mean I don't love him. Right. Like he just got to reach a little bit more of his potential Mm -hmm. in ECW when 
you know, he threw down the belt. He made kind of ECW, put it on the map of what it was. And he carried that torch and he left and he came back and they accepted him back and he was hated. And then yep. turned into one of the greatest factions of all time. So mm-hmm. I, I think he reached a lot more of his potential than the other two guys did. I think the other two guys, you know, could have been even much, much bigger than they, they even were with how yeah. good that they were. For sure. But okay, that's our list. That's our if list. You dis- um, if you disagree with it, then nope. hey, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, for sure. Want to hear your your uh thoughts on the list. Uh I want to throw in just a couple of names that were not going to be the top five, but I want to give them some props. Just guys that I don't think get enough respect. I'll just do it quickly because I know we've gone long, but um I want to mention Brad Armstrong. Uh, I I oh. love watching Brad Armstrong wrestle. Me, uh, oh my gosh! I know <laughs> undercard guy. I'm so glad you brought this up at the end. Yeah, oh, Brad I'm, I'm, Armstrong. I, I like Brad Armstrong was a really good worker. He had zero it factor. Oh, zero. that's what I'm saying. It's like I I think he should be recognized more for his in ring ability. I think it gets lost sometimes. So I'm not saying this guy should have been the next Hulk Hogan. I'm just saying that deserves some more respect for what he was able to accomplish in the ring. A lot of these guys I'm going to throw out are just like in-ring names. So I love watching, going back and watching old Brad Armstrong matches. Um, Gary Albright was somebody I wanted to mention. Uh, Doesn't get enough love as the original suplex machine guy in all Japan. Uh, And uh, died young. He he was somebody that you go back and you watch his old stuff. It's just like, he's just a joy to watch. And uh, more people need to, need to watch him. Uh, Other ones I'll throw in there. Dustin Rhodes. Uh, I I don't think he was going to be a main event guy, but I also thought that he was going to be a guy. I thought, I also thought he was a guy that was funny enough, despite having one of the defining gimmicks still could have been more um, and was, uh, doesn't get enough love as an in-ring guy. Uh, Chris Canyon is another name I want to throw in there. Um, Who better than Canyon? the, The first one that you've mentioned that I would somewhat agree with. Yeah. Not Gary Albright. Oh well, yeah, he was okay, but oh, he was more D- than okay, D- Lee. D- Dustin he was pretty Rhodes. Good. Oh my god, jeez, <laughs> love watching Gary Albright. Um, D- Dustin Rhodes, like, come on, Zach. No, I, I, um, I, I thought about, Dustin Rhodes was good. How about I, this? How about this one? Sure. How about a little bit more modern day? Okay. How about Sammy? How about Sammy Zayn? Yeah, Sammy Zayn. I, I could, I could see that argument. Doesn't get enough love, especially as. Previous gimmick of El Generico as one of the better wrestlers in the world. For sure, I could hear that. Um, yeah, Canyon. Uh, Matt Bourne, I thought, was good. Uh, you know, just uh, the Dwayne the Clown gimmick was uh, Dwayne the Clown. Um, he Jerry- was, you know, that that's, I wouldn't say underrated, but I would say he had a chance to have a better career if he wasn't Dwayne the Clown. Yes, for like, sure if you go back and watch some of the other stuff he did, he was way better than what people would think of Matt Bourne. Yes, for sure. Uh, two other names before we go. Uh, I wanted to mention Mike awesome. Uh, I love watching Mike awesome wrestle. I uh, I thought he was a very good big man. Just did not have enough charisma to take it to the next level. Um, and big boss man. I, uh, I thought was a very agile big guy. Um, and uh, and was a good worker, uh, but much like Mike Awesome, just didn't have what it takes to take it to that next level as a performer. So uh, just some other names I want to throw out there uh, before we signed off. I always thought Billy Kidman could be more. Yeah. Um, it never was going to make our top five, but no. it's just a guy that I I somewhat enjoyed watching, and I thought he could have been more than what he ended up being. 
And I think sometimes you see that with uh, people who are now agents, like you understand or were agents that you understand that they were smart enough in the business to be able to go out there and, and help others in the business. And that to me always says a lot. It's like, okay, well, guys that never quite made it, but then, you know, they, they end up being in companies to try and help other people. Um, Terry Taylor would also be another guy. Yeah. Yeah. Terry Taylor. That's a good pick. I didn't think of Terry Taylor. Yeah. He was another guy I had that would be like, I don't know if I could squeeze him into a top five. No, but he was just such a smart guy who got saddled with, like he was in some good matches and then got saddled with the red rooster and um, just some really bad stuff that he unfortunately couldn't get away from. Yeah. Uh, but has shown how intelligent he is in the business um, after retiring. But I thought Terry Taylor could have been more, a little bit of the it factor missing for him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that would have been the biggest thing that I would have said about him, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great, that's why we did the show. It's yep. a great discussion and, and hopefully people enjoy this type of thing. If you do let us know, cause we're going to do a few more of this kind of stuff, but uh, this is, this is the fun part about, I mean, everything's fun <laughs> about the podcast, of course, but this type of discussion where it's not current, and we can just have these naturally flowing discussions about different names and some different categories. I think are really fun. And I hope sparks a little bit from other people when they're listening to it going, no, you guys forgot this guy and this guy should be on the list. That's what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear how you think we're great. We already know we're great. Like <laughs> I don't need you to tell us. Uh, no, uh, we don't think that, but <laughs> yes, it's, um, it's interesting to hear other people's views and that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, so this has been fun. The most underrated wrestlers of all time. This has been another edition of this is wrestling.